passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Hey everybody, this is Wei Ting here. We usually do Rewind to Smackdown exclusively for members of the Post Wrestling Cafe on Fridays. However, we wanted to put tonight's discussion about the WWE roster cuts available on the free feed for all you guys. So here it is, a full 20-minute discussion that John and I had. If you want to continue the rest of the show, go to postwrestlingcafe.com and you can uh, listen to our review of Smackdown, of course, uh, and also an extended news discussion as well as a feedback and caller portion discussing all of the week's events. Let's jump right into the first story, which is all of the WWE cuts that we have not had a chance to speak of and having another ma- a major name added to the list earlier this evening, that being Matt Riddle, who is no longer with the company. And the other names uh, that we can um, you know, individualize later, but we have Mustafa Ali, Dolph Ziggler, Elias, Dana Brooke, Shelton Benjamin, Emma, Riddick Moss, Aaliyah, Top Dalla. Rick, Bo- Rick Boogs, Dabakato, Shanky, Monsoir, Masse, Quincy Elliott, Ulyssa Leone, Bryson Montana, Icky Manjiro, and then um, several developmental talents that people might not have gotten a chance to see yet unless, you know, the odd appearance on Level Up. But we had a Brooklyn Barlow, Kevin Ventura Cortez, Daniel MacArthur, Abdul Abadi Fitzgerald, and Alexis Gray. Um that looks to be the, the list. Um, a lot of these names, whether they were reported or talent that have uh, divulged the information themselves, but that is the most complete list we have at this moment. I wanted to start off with Matt Riddle because he is the freshest name and he had been off television of late after that incident at JFK International Airport that I guess he, through other channels, had uh, disputed that that was the reason he was off television, citing a a health issue that he was dealing with. but. Um, but he has been let go, and I think that one speaks volumes about a, a guy that has certainly had his tribulations with this company over the years. And when push came to shove, his name was not going to be uh, saved through these cuts. No, um, uh, it's it's a cut that I feel like has been met with a lot of um, online audiences feeling like this. Mm, is understandable given i think um several 
controversies at this point attached to his name um, from the moment that he got called up until, you know, most recently now. And mm, I don't know if you can really hold, you know, um, a rehab stint against somebody or not. But, um, I, you know, part of me makes makes me wonder if like that was, you know, another strike against him, whether or not he is going to be a dependable hand, you know, throughout the, the rest of the, the course of his career as for this company. Um, the, the serious he, stuff is what you have to look at of like I, someone with this much uh, television exposure, he is going to find bookings. But what what size of a role is he going to have? Um, you know, specific. A lot of these names we're going to instantly look at AEW, and I think at the very least there is a pause of whether you are getting into the Matt Riddle business if you are AEW. And quite frankly, I think you have to be doing your due diligence before you make such a a commitment and mm-hmm. and what you are potentially hiring sure yeah um i think a lot of like what has been attached to the matt Riddle name has come out as a result of like this sort of news um you know ultimately it's up to the promote promotions to decide um there have been people who i think have had you know even greater controversies attached to their names that have found steady steady work in professional wrestling he's very talented but something i will also say that i you know maybe may may have contributed to maybe his current release is the fact that i don't know if he managed to show that he was capable of advancing his role within the company beyond sort of like the broy you know best friend type of kind of punchline type of wrestler you know um he had he has basically kind of one working character and that's to be sort of like the goofy best friend of the guy that's actually serious yeah and i mean i would be curious as well like what his what the attitude would be uh of a, of a new japan that you know, have have utilized talents that I I mean, I don't know how much they're going to be deterred by uh, some of his reputation. Um, it, it's all up in. But this is like by far the biggest name of the cuts and is one going that a lot of companies will be under the microscope that that utilize him and what his next step is. I mean, he's an ultra talented performer, but comes with like a lot, a lot of uh, issues and, and controversies and even the small stuff that you know, might not seem that big in hindsight, but just, uh, you know, the stuff with Goldberg and uh, tweets that he tried to start his own feuds with, like that stuff will really irk people in a locker room. Let's uh, not also not forget, you know, a pretty contentious relationship with the UFC and Dana White in particular through the public eye. That had a really nasty falling out with it as well. Um, yeah, it's, and you he, know, and, and he's part of the, that company. He's, You've... Right. Oh, yeah. As I, I understand that. Uh, yeah. You know, you have it was, it was a very ugly fallout. And Matt Riddle had, you know, harbored some really ill feelings towards uh, Dana White with the way that whole thing ended uh, around a decade ago or so. Some of the other names here, I guess uh, the, the other I would say significant ones were Mustafa Ali, which came as um, a bit of a surprise, given that he was booked on this next No Mercy card to take on Dominic Mysterio and had just done a promo on Tuesday that he would be showing up to Raw for Dominic Mysterio and Dragon Lee's match. So, I mean, if nothing else, it does tell you the whether it be the uh, the long-term decisions of who was going to be cut or just one department not keeping another informed that mm-hmm. here is a guy that is booked uh, through this pay-per-view cycle and is cut midway through and will just 
not be referenced at all, you would uh, assume as well. And of course, Dolph Ziggler, who had been with the company in some form or fashion since 2004 and seemed to be the guy getting uh, a ton of praise from a lot of the uh, of his colleagues and peers. And at, at 43 years of age, I would say there's been a contingent of fans that for years have wanted to see this guy get out of a system that was not going to fully be behind him. He is on the older side, but as we can see in this industry, 43 is not what 43 was a generation ago. And I mean, this guy's in fantastic shape and I think he's going to have as much curiosity as anyone in terms of someone that you have only seen in a WWE system and should be able to, like, I, I think he's going to have, you know, if, if providing he he's not going to price himself out that, you know, th- this guy will have uh, a ton of offers of where, where to go. I think the pricing is is the biggest question. I mean, you know, a guy who's been there for 19 years, I, I can't imagine. And probably had some very good years. Yeah. And at, at this point, like, I, I can't imagine him. Um, like, he's an understandable kind of cost-cutting measure, I suppose, you know, for a guy who has probably been, been there for so long and you would assume has received raises every time he's renegotiated, but has not really been used at all in any sort of significant role on TV. You can understand, I guess, when you're looking at the books, why you would cut Dolph Ziggler to free up that space. Um, but the, the other question stemming from, from that um, assumption is, could Dolph Ziggler work for a lot? Less, presumably, because I don't see this guy necessarily getting big money because I don't think he's a big difference maker for really, you know, an AEW or really any other promotion that would be able to afford. Out of the gate at some of these like signings and like big independent shows, like he will when he first like a lot of these people, it's 90 day no competes Um, out of the gate. Like he'll have some some good interest. But you're right. Like for the if he's looking for a Matt Cardona kind of run, I mean, you have to be you know, pricing yourself accordingly that you're going to be used routinely instead of just cashing in for your name value fresh off television. And it's very possible. Like he could be at the point where now he's completely comfortable with his uh, finances and he's just looking to have fun again in professional wrestling. And I could see him maybe going into GCW just for the fun of it. Obviously potential tag team with his brother, uh, if that's available. Um, it's possible. I also, you know, would have to assume that maybe he has an interest outside of, you know, um, obviously like the stand-up comedy and whatnot that he might want to take this opportunity to, per, to pursue while still finding a landing spot on television, whether that be through an AEW um, or even an Impact. Yeah, Impact is always the interesting one that they have, you know, taken a lot of sort of reclamation projects or people that have not met that potential yet. Like people people that AEW might not have the room for that maybe impact is not going to be able to compete dollar wise with AEW, but certainly can creative wise. And that's where I look at like someone I would be very high on is a Riddick Moss, who I think we, we saw glimpses of what this could guy, uh, of what he could do in the ring, but was just in a terrible character. Um, and two guys that just in the early 24 hour period, since they've left that I think have, put a quite a spotlight on them is uh Mansoor and Massey like these two guys like just that Reservoir Dogs uh promo that they put out that they shot and sent in I'm really intrigued to see these guys without handcuffs on of what what they have in store I guess mm-hmm. with the, with the AEW question like they only have so many spots and yet they always seem to create new spots like realistically is like I wouldn't see too many of the these names being on their radar but like do you 
well, what does it mean to have an AEW spot these days? Like full time, I think it's is going to be a very small handful um, that might even get that consideration. But an appearance on Rampage, certainly Ring of Honor, like you know, like one of these sort of like per appearance types of deals, I could see a lot of them getting a look. And if they happen to catch fire with an audience, um, I mean, you know, that's that's always a possibility. I would see Ali being very high as having that mm-hmm. potential to go right to an AEW, for instance. Emma could certainly help a, a women's division. She was just in Impact before going to WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her and Moss, like, I, I can almost, like, completely easily see an Impact. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are kind of cultivating their husband and wife division. So, I mean, those two could, right. could slide into that as well. Yeah. Top Dalla, I've always enjoyed this guy's promos. This run was a disaster for him. Mm-hmm. Like that dive was, it shouldn't have been the mark of death, but Michael Cole made sure it was. Um, and you like, know, Cole's like, I, I mean, it could be Cole acting on his own behalf, but you know, he's trying to like pop like the, everybody in the back and everybody's in the oh, And they had no problem with him doing it routinely. So it was yeah. clearly this guy is the butt of the joke and we are more than happy to showcase him in that light. Um, I, I'm very surprised that like BFAB and Ashanti are still there because mm-hmm. I mean, they just, I, I don't know where you go when one of the group members is gone and those two just seem as though like, they're in the same position that many of these others were. Top Dollar was certainly the the lead of the act, you know, without sort of being there. Um, I think there 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 are, I, I suppose, suggestions that like um, we don't know what what personality wise these people are like backstage and whether whether or not they have quote unquote heat with other members that might have kind of like you know led to led to these sort of decisions as well. I certainly don't have um, concrete knowledge of any of that, but we can't discount maybe some some of that as, as for the reasoning. You know, how well do people mix with the locker room backstage? Don't know. There are going to be people in these, like some of these names. I especially look at the ones who might have been like athletes that came in through the tryout system that like this is just a totally different world to go into the independent wrestling scene when all you know is the performance center. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two two people I want to throw your way of what you could see being their um, their future is Rick Boogs and Elias. The, man. So I think we often see people through these sort of releases, um, the people that tend to find success on the indies, and I would even extend to, you know, um, I don't know, AEW, uh, are people who can, who have a reputation of being really good in the ring first and foremost, and not necessarily the people more so known for their character work. And you're talking about two guys who are pretty much only known for, you know, their character work uh, in Elias and and, um, Ezekiel and... uh, (laughs) It's a package deal. You three people, yeah. Them. Elias, Ezekiel, and also uh, Boogs. I mean, Elias and achieved, I would say, a, a lot more um, than Boogs did in in his run. And I could see him. I think he's demonstrated a lot of just ability to be entertaining, and I think uh, creative. I would say as well. And I think that could go a long way. Maybe even in an AEW, but certainly, I think again, an Impact would probably make great use of him. He'd be actually, you know, I think both would fit in really star. well, like in that Johnny Swinger type of role in impact that they would would get behind and rick boogs is one that for someone that's going to lose his wwe name his actual name is even better way better eric boogenhagen i mean perfect um elias he will not be unless maybe he can come up with a 
some new moniker. But, you know, some of these are, are, are quite heartbreaking. I mean, you know, you remember Elias, you remember that Seattle crowd and just how magical of a moment that was. I would say, like, there are several instances throughout his stint where he really felt like a legitimate star that they could have done a whole lot with. But clearly, you know, under a Triple H regime did not see that same sort of um, appeal. Rick Boogs was doing really well up until that injury at WrestleMania. You remember? It was very unfortunate the timing, and then they moved. Heart, he was the face on. of the heart. He was the face of the hard lemonade whole whole campaign, and ap- after that, you know, they they never used him again. Like uh, before that WrestleMania injury, if you were to ask me who would be in a better spot a year and a half from now, Rick Boogs or Shinsuke Nakamura? I mean, <laughs> I I don't know if I would have been leaning towards Shinsuke Nakamura, who is just sort of, um, you know, just running in place. Uh, and Rick Boogs, you could look at him and see, oh, you know, he had a ton of charisma and over with the audience and someone that could mature out of just this this gimmick as the sidekick and in, into something more sustainable. And yeah, this relationship, this uh, mentor, mentee, this thing went nowhere. I mean, unfortunately for most here, like it was all I, people I, that. But just on these two in particular, I really do feel like it's more of like, you know, it's sort of like a taste um, difference between. I don't exactly know when they might have dropped this, but like it's very clear to me, um, maybe under a Paul Levesque, you know, WWE, there's not as much room for this sort of silliness. And I think a lot of the audience is actually grateful for it. But, you know, that's not to take away from what were some bright spots in terms of sports entertainment that both of these two had. Paul Levesque also brought back Dexter Loomis. So let's not discount that mm, part. Good of, point. Um, mm. Another person who is, you know, off mm. disappeared as, as, as well. So anyway, those 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 are the the key names here. Dana Brooke, another one who had been there for a fair amount of time as well. Aaliyah, Aaliyah, who I mean has been there years at mm-hmm. this point. Like she signed there. She's from Toronto. She signed there when she was twenty and was just very early on. Like I remember seeing her at a local show, um, you know, right around before she got signed. Like she only had a little bit of experience uh, before heading to, to the PC. So yeah, there's uh, a lot of these names. It's very unfortunate for many of these people. And, you know, it's, this is a sort of sink or swim moment for a lot of these performers. There are the mm-hmm. ones that, yeah, you can look at it and it's not a guarantee that just because you were in WWE, you're going to find work elsewhere. You have to hustle, you have to work hard, but there are the success stories out there. Uh, Matt Cardona, it's you know the ones that are really going to work and, and embrace the independent system because it's very different. It's a lot more demanding. Everything is on you. Um, and it's not and, guaranteed. And it's going to hurt a lot more probably because the style, the demands of the styles could be a lot, certainly a lot more than maybe what, you know, what a lot of these, these guys were doing. And that was probably just sitting and catering and doing nothing. But for a lot of people, you know, driving to an indie, working in front of 20 people might be better than just sitting and catering and waiting for something to do. So. And for all we talk about how many hours of programming AEW is producing, I mean, what, one of the silver linings to that is they do require a lot of people. It creates the need for more people to have, you know, r- regular work with that company as well. So uh, I'm also curious, like a Shelton Benjamin, like he is he he is up there. Like, does he go on like one final run somewhere? Um, like you could see him coming in and sort of getting that that sort of status as somebody that has you know been it, this guy's run here this wwe run was uh he got like seven years out of this yeah. uh, second wwe run i mean 
he came right back when the brand split was reintroduced in 2016. So yeah, he was there for quite a bit. And the Hurt Business was, I mean, that's going to be one of the, I'm sure those guys years from now, they're, they're going to be doing their StarCast panel about what could have been with that group and how it got broken up out of nowhere. And uh, mm. unfortunately, it, it meant uh, not great things for Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. No, with Shelton, I really do wonder like how much they were intending on ever giving him like a serious push because I, from what it seemed like to me was after the brand split, they only hired him back because they needed what like you know an experienced hand to that's, fill that's up what the those roster. Guys were there for yeah, yeah, and ultimately, I guess you know, it, it, do does he look at this as a disappointment or does he look at it like like hey, I made seven years of WWE money when I wasn't really even supposed to? Then a, a quiet story. SmackDown is leaving Fox. At the end of this contract. And that was the first 20 minutes of this week's edition of Rewind a Smackdown. Again, if you want to continue the show, simply go to postwrestlingcafe.com and you can either watch or listen to our entire podcast uh, as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts through the membership tab. So if you want to strictly listen to the show, you can go to your membership section and join there. But we always encourage everybody to go to postwrestlingcafe.com for the full experience. Again, thank you guys for listening. See you.